The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory, Glory to you, Lord Christ. And Jesus continues. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with him. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing the five talents and saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here, I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant! You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise, Praise to, to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. On this next to the last Sunday of our church year, as we read another of the parables of the kingdom yet to come, we should note how often we try to fit parables into our own preconceived notions rather than letting them challenge us. We try to squeeze eternal truth into the smallness of our temporal existence rather than allowing our assumptions and experiences to be expanded into a kingdom vision. I think most of us have heard sermons or teachings on this parable that squeeze it into a stewardship campaign. God has entrusted you with money, now give money to the church. Or into a volunteer drive. God has given each of his talents to use in his church. Don't hide yours away. Sign up today for this committee or that. We might have even heard it twisted even more to make it an anointing of capitalism as a holy thing, a holy duty. Invest well to achieve a high return. Those who are blessed make more, and those who are cursed make less. But 
If we hear, well done, my servant, as we open our brokerage statements, I wonder who we might be serving while giving to the church and serving in the community and even engaging in economic activity are good things. They are not the focus of this parable. This parable is not about stewarding money or skills. This parable is even more important. This parable is about stewarding the gospel. It is a parable that guides us to consider transformation, evangelism, and the image of God. But first, let's review where we are in Matthew's narrative. This is the third of three parables describing the faithful waiting for the return of Christ. Recall that Jesus is teaching his disciples on the Mount of Olives overlooking Jerusalem. He has shared with them an apocalyptic vision of the destruction of the temple and told parables of the faithful and wicked servants, the parable of the wise and foolish bridesmaids. And now we come to the parable of the talents. Jesus is preparing his disciples for the time to come, the time of waiting for the church, of waiting for his return. Jesus is preparing us to be the church. Let's unpack the parable a little bit. Jesus says to them, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them all of his property. Jesus stands above Jerusalem and sees his own journey to the cross, to the tomb, and to the right hand of the Father, the crucifixion, death, resurrection, and ascension. The risen Christ will then call his disciples together once more on a mountain outside of Galilee and will entrust to them his property. He will tell them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, as you go about among all the peoples, make disciples, baptizing them into the life of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all that I have commanded you. And remember, remember that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus entrusts his servants with a property more precious than silver or gold. He entrusts us with the transforming love of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God made manifest in the community of the people of God to bring healing, hope, and reconciliation into the world. Jesus says, to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. He gave to each according to that person's ability. Before we are tempted to view ability, according to our own biases, we should remember that just as the property is much more than earthly property, this ability may be much more than earthly ability. When Jesus calls the twelve, it's not because they're leaders of the temple, it's not because they're teachers of the people. They're not the students of the best rabbis. They're fishermen tax collectors. They're Galileans, but they're willing to follow. They're willing to receive the gospel and manifest the gospel as they go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, curing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, and casting out demons, not in their own innate ability, but in the power and the authority given to them by Jesus. The power and authority that they are willing 
scripture we see, perhaps we might think of this ability more in terms of our capacity to receive. Luke will tell of a simple woman who comes to Jesus in the house of Simon the Pharisee and washes his feet with tears and kisses while Simon has refused even this most basic hospitality to Jesus. Jesus teaches that the one who has forgiven much is able to love much. The one who is able the one who is able to receive forgiveness is able to forgive. The one who is able to receive mercy is able to show mercy. The one who is able to receive love is able to love. The one who is able to uncover and open the depth of their brokenness and hurt, the deep wounds of emptiness in their souls, their failures and disappointments, their weakness and suffering one who is able to receive healing and wholeness is able to give this to others. Friends, this is the transforming love of Christ that has been entrusted to us that we may each be able to receive fully the love of God. Jesus says, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more. So also he that had two talents made two talents more. Yeah, this is one of the great mysteries of the kingdom. The treasure of the kingdom is not expendable. If I am given a measure of love, and I give that same measure of love to someone else, I don't have any less love. Instead, there are now two measures of love where before there was one. If I am given a measure of mercy, and I in turn show that same measure of mercy to another, I do not have less mercy, but more. As we are entrusted with the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, the healing and transforming love of God, we have no need to hold it tightly among ourselves. While the gospel is indeed precious, precious above all measure, it is not. Instead, it grows as we share it. Jesus has entrusted us with the mission of sharing the transforming power of the gospel. Jesus has entrusted us with the mission of evangelism. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. We have been given this great gift. We have been entrusted with this mission. Why do we so often act as the one who took and hid what had been given to him? We see from the rest of the parable how important it is to know the true image of God. Last week, in the parable of the bridesmaids, we heard the last words of the bridegroom telling the foolish ones, I do not know you. This week and next week, we will have pictures of judgment in which we hear, you do not know me. Dave Baring teaches that the image of God that we carry around in our minds and in our hearts determines the way we live our lives. Hear that again. 
The image of God that we carry in our minds and in our hearts determines the way we live our lives. This is truth. Unfortunately, just as true is Mark Twain's insight that in the beginning God created man in his own image. And man, being the perfect gentleman, immediately returned the favor. Too often we carry around an image of God that resembles our own fallen and broken humanity more than the light and life of the living God. Like the slothful and wicked servant, we perceive God as a harsh and unrelenting taskmaster, an arbitrary and capricious despot, a cruel inspector looking for any fault. And like that servant, we say, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. How troubled and troublesome the church becomes when we perpetuate this false image of God. So what is the true image of God revealed in this parable. Hear the words of the master to the one who knows him, the one who receives freely and gives freely, the one who is transformed by the gospel and brings the light of the gospel to those they encounter. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Enter the joy of your master. Enter into the love of the Father. Enter into the abundant life of the Trinity. Live according to the true image of God as the one who delights in his creation. The one who so loved this world that he sent his only son not to condemn but to save, not to destroy but to make whole. When we truly know this to be the true image of God, how can it not change our lives? So what is our place in this story of transformation, evangelism, and the image of God? Indeed, this, this is our very story, the story of the church. This is our expectant waiting and working. In a few moments, we'll rehearse our story in the Nicene Creed, and once we'll, again, we'll find ourselves in that time between on the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. And we wait, for he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We find ourselves in this time in between, entrusted with the great treasure, the gospel. And then we'll come to this table. We'll come and we'll encounter the truth of God made flesh and given to us. Come into the presence of Christ. Come and experience the foretaste of eternal joy. Come and receive. Receive love and healing and mercy and joy and life and light. And then go. Go and give. You are entrusted with a great treasure. Do not dig a hole and hide it. Do not hide the light under the basket. 
but let your light shine before others that they too may know and glorify God, finding light and life. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.